Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podcast 37. So today I have got an extra special treat for you. Because of February being the month of relationships, I wanted to highlight some of the relationships that I think would be really useful for you to know about. So before I get started and bring on my special guest, I wanted to let you know a little bit about my week. So I am so thankful to be home. I had the most horrendous journey after last week's podcast. So I recorded last week's podcast before leaving for the airport. And I was so excited because I was like, yes, I'm going to go home and this is going to be amazing. But it ended up being Uh, let's just say another interesting journey. I had over 24 hours in delays because of weather conditions in Atlanta. There was a big storm and we were rerouted twice. So a journey that normally would take one hour took us nearly 10 hours. And let's just say I really had to feel my emotions throughout this whole trip because I kept coaching myself and saying, it's okay, it's fine. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, I missed my connecting flight to England. I missed the next connecting flight. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'll just get the flight the next day. It's fine. They'll put me up in a hotel and it's fine. So I'd been up for 26 plus hours. Um, Yeah, nearly 30 hours I'd, I'd been up. And I get to the customer services after waiting two hours in the queue. And they say, there's no hotels, ma'am, because all of them have been given out to people whose flights have been cancelled. So unfortunately, there's nowhere for you to go. And I said, okay, well, maybe there's some a lounge that I can go to or, you know, some local hotels. Unfortunately, all of them have been booked and you can search if you want to, but there's not really anything we can do. So I searched, there was nothing. So I said, what do you want me to do? They were like, look around you. And there were people sleeping on the airport floor. That's the only thing I can suggest right now, ma'am. And I was like, So I just cried and I was just like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. But I realized in that moment that if I can get through that, then I could get through anything. And it really wasn't the end of the world. I was safe. And yeah, I had to wait a little bit. Well, a lot. And it did feel really uncomfortable, but I felt so grateful that I was okay and I was on my way home. So I just wanted to kind of start that off because I wanted you to realize that life isn't all rainbows and daisies. It's not all hunky-dory. Things happen. But you can choose to think of it as uh, something that's going to drive you forward or something that's going to hold you back. And you get to decide the story that you tell about it. And I like to think of it as this made me so much stronger. And now when I'm at home with my boys, I appreciate each and every one of them so much more. Even when my youngest has a tantrum, I'm like, I mean, I'm there for it. I'm fine with it. Like, it's okay. It's just I've missed them so much that it's so nice to be home and even appreciate those things. So bearing that in mind, my guest on the podcast is my favorite person in the whole world. It is my husband, my love, Rick Chowdhury. So I wanted to bring him on the podcast because I wanted to talk about his experience of our relationship, how it has changed and get some nuggets for you so that you can start 
thinking about how to work to each other's strengths as well. So welcome to the podcast, Rick. Hey, Bubs. Hi. How How's are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a little bit cold. Um, that's because <laughs> my wife keeps turning the heating off, but um, <laughs> otherwise I'm well. Good. Okay. So I only turned the heating off because you have the house blazing hot all the time. And as you can see, I'm in a jumper and you're like in your vest and you're always cold and I'm always warm. So it's a t-shirt. <laughs> so that's and the it's story of our life. Isn't actually, it? but yeah, we won't get into the domestic right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So I wanted to start off by kind of telling the listeners our story and then moving on through some of the questions. So I haven't prepared you much on purpose because I wanted to kind of just see what came out for you <laughs> so that they can kind of get to know the real us really. So tell Are you sure? About Are you story. sure the real us? Is that what you want? Yeah, it needs to be real. It needs to be real. <laughs> okay, so tell people a little bit about our story, like your version, and then I'll quickly go in with my version. Okay, uh, our story. So uh, our story started in 2004. For those of you who do know me, know I'm very good with dates. So I remember things quite clearly, especially key events throughout life. Um, so a big one in 2004 was obviously meeting meeting Um, and uh, we got married then in, in 2012. So coming up to our 10 years very soon. Actually, Bubs, this time 10 years ago, do you know where we were? I'm no. going to put you on the spot. No. So this time 10 years ago, February time, we were both getting ready for our stag and Hindus, respectively. Oh. So uh, I remember I went out to Lunaka near Ayanapa and I think you went out somewhere with your girls to Spain. Mm. So this was about 10 years ago today. Whoa, How much has changed in 10 years is just mental. Oh my um, gosh. I think it's right? also so much has changed, but also so much is still the same. And I love that yeah. because it feels like not so long ago that I married you, right? And it's so interesting it because we were dating for how many years? For a good, uh, before we got married, for a good eight years, uh, yeah, eight years, wasn't it? Yeah. So now we have been together for nearly 18 years, Bubs, my days. A whole adult age. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually been with you longer than half my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you're, I hope you're saying that in a complimentary way. Yeah, so you're stuck with me, basically. <laughs> okay, so then I wanted to speak to... How was our relationship like before children? And then when we had our amazing kids, how did it change? Okay, so before um, kids was great. After kids was also great. Before kids was great for for many reasons. Obviously, we had that independent Mm -hmm. element, that that independent mindset where we can kind of do what we want on our timings. Mm -hmm. I think with kids, a lot obviously change as it is for all the parents out there we have to focus more around children's timings and I think the funny thing why I'm smiling now is because even the kids now like like Vinny our elder one he's obviously coming up to six and he's got quite a social busy life now as well so we even focus more around our kids calendars so it's uh it's crazy how things change but before kids was good but after kids as well I think the thing that I found most useful is is planning so you know finding the right time to do the right things How did we we get up to that? Because initially when we started, it wasn't like that at all, wasn't it? Like, what was it like immediately after we had kids? How was our relationship different in your eyes? So I think the tricky thing was just learning Mm. um, and understanding what it means to be a parent. There's there's Mm. no guidebook out there that teaches you how to do that. Even the simplest things of changing a nappy to, Mm. you know, feeding a child for the first time. I think it was all such a big learning curve Mm. for us. 
and we we are social people we like mm-hmm. to go out there we like to please everyone we like to meet everyone and to do all of that whilst learning to be a parent I think was tough yeah and then the toll took it out on perhaps our relationship perhaps yeah. we wanted a lot more alone time mm-hmm. we wanted to just get away for a bit the, the funny thing was when when it was time to change nappy we used to both look at each other because <laughs> we were so <laughs> we were so shattered and we used to just look at each other thinking for my American listeners, right? shattered means tired. I remember when I was in America, they were like, why are you shattered? That They thought that that meant um, I was broken from inside, broken. but shattered <laughs> means tired. In, in, in Exhausted, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that was the biggest tricky part. Like mm. we were just mentally drained out more than mm. physically. It was just so much to learn, so much mm. to grasp. And I and also I think, think it, um, it manifested with us shouting at each other a lot more, arguing a lot yeah. more. We both had different ways of bringing up the kids, right? Um, yeah. We had a different personality. And so I was looking to you to do things my way and you were looking to me to do things your way. And there was a lot of friction there because we didn't agree on anything. And then we had other people, very well-meaning people, you know, giving their opinions and yeah. as first-time parents it was very much like wait what's right what do we how do we even like do this exactly. and and then look after ourselves and so I think for both of us especially me I'd say it really took its toll in terms of we didn't really make time for ourselves really right it was very much all about the kid we need to do everything for the kid and I think in my mind everything changed in the sense that it's not about me anymore it's about the child it's like about making sure that the child is okay and things like that. And so from before having kids, it was very much about, you know, looking after ourselves, us being a couple, spending time together and things. Mm -hmm. And I think immediately after we'd had children, it changed, right? The dynamic completely changed. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, the dynamic changed, exactly that. And I think, I think you struggled with this perhaps a little bit more than I did. Um, Especially, I don't know, being, being a mum for the first time carrying something within you for so long and then it coming out and then you feeling that sense of responsibility I suppose with me as well I still still did a lot of my my stuff mm. like um, I was very conscious of the fact that you know life doesn't stop when you have children mm. yes I agree with everything you said that it did change for us that's mm. because I was quite hands-on I wanted to be a an active involved father uh, figure especially from the off but at the same time, I think I found it a bit more easier to think, look, hang on, I still got a life of my own. We mm-hmm. still got a life as a couple. Mm-hmm. Then we're then we're parents. You know, I, I, I kind of had it in that order. And I think mm. I didn't struggle with that as much as perhaps you did initially. That is so interesting because now I, after coaching, I feel completely different about this. And you had this from the offset really, right? And I used to think you were so selfish. I was like, how can you go and do your own exercise when Vivan needs a feed or something like that? And don't get me wrong, you would always try and sort them out. But like, you know, you would always be like, no, no, this is my time. I'm going to go and do it. And I used to think, how can you be so selfish? How come I don't get this time? But in reality, what was happening is that I wasn't giving myself that time. And you would always say to me, Bubs, go and do your own thing. It's okay. I've got him. But I wouldn't allow myself to do that because I was also expecting you to do things exactly the way I did them. And when you didn't do it exactly my way, I was like, he's not doing it well enough. So I can't even leave him, you know, things like that. And I think you talked about it in a lot of your your, uh, podcasts about manuals. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. 
you are learning. I love it when Rick talks about some of the things that I teach because I'm like, I harp on about it all day long and maybe he's picking up on some of Something's it. I love it. sinking in, obviously. Yeah, yeah. so I think it does strike out that that manual part because mm. it's tr- It's not just you, Bubs. It's 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 the whole world. It's mm. um, It's people who love each other as well. They do unknowingly have a manual for them because they expect them to be in a certain way, behave mm. in a certain way you know when things are good things are great but when mm. things go a little bit off they think mm. well, why doesn't this person understand me I thought they get me I thought they love me yes and it's the stories we make it mean about what they've done so it's not like you were going to do the exercise I was making it mean he doesn't respect me he's not taking the child off my hands so that means he doesn't respect our relationship I was making it mean all of these things but at the time I didn't even realize I was making it mean that and so that's what was causing a little bit of a friction in our relationship then right because we weren't on the same page then yeah no exactly and I think you mentioned as well I used to try to encourage you to to kind of do your own Mm. thing but I mean it's easier said than done I don't want you to be too hard on yourself when you look back Mm. as well because it was it was a difficult time totally and like you said we don't come with a with a guidebook to Mm. teach us look you've got to remember to put yourself first exactly um you know not have manuals etc but yeah I think when you look back as well I think you think probably yeah I could have just uh let Rick do this uh, mm. with the boys. It's interesting. I don't could. actually think that anymore. I, I I think that everything happened for a reason because I think that then when Viri was born, our second, that's when things got, well, you describe what it was like for you and I'll tell, tell them what it was like for me. Yeah, um, I don't know why. I think, uh, I don't know if other parents who've got more than one child agree, but it is somewhat easier when you have more than one or you've had your first because you know kind of what to do with, mm-hmm. you know, the baby stuff. Mm. Obviously, it had its toll in as well because it's like there's two of us adults and there's two kids. So mm. it's like one-on-one. Yeah. So where I looked after Vinny more, I think you had Viray more. And, you know, I think I think that does have a bit of a, a toll on like immediate relationships. Like I think... Mm. Vinny really perhaps craved your love a little bit more mm. and perhaps you weren't always there naturally like, mm. like every mum who gives birth for the second or third time and with me with Vire I think I always told you as well I didn't feel like he was as connected to me initially mm. and I think you know in the last couple of years or, or so we've really been conscious about that and I think you know we've we've developed our own one-to-one relationships with the children mm. as well Mm. And I think we've really turned the corner with that. So what has changed really in that then? What's changed? I think um, I think it does coincide a lot with the, the mindset. Mm. Um, and also that I think you started coaching quite a lot as well. Yeah. So I think you changed a lot of your your way of thinking. Yeah. Um, that's oh, that, that brings me on to the next bit. Yeah, yeah, that brings me on to the next bit. Sorry to, to speak um, at the same time as you. But like... What, how did you notice like when I started then getting coached? Because I got started getting coached a little bit after Vire's first birthday or so, right? Yeah, um, yeah. so I got I started getting coached for everyone who's listening. I started getting coached for my weight, really. I was like, okay, I'm gonna hire a life coach, but to help me lose weight because I've been listening to podcasts and things, and I was like, look, this really resonates with me. I've tried everything else under the sun, let me try this. So I had no idea this was going to change anything else in my relationship with my kids or my husband or myself. I just thought I was going to lose a bit of weight. But things obviously completely revolutionized. But I wanted to hear from Rick's point of view because you hear from my point of view all the time. So how did I change, babe, when I got coached? I think the biggest thing was, I think I touched on it, was the mindset. I think um, 
you, you started seeing things a bit differently where, where you'd focus more on the flaws of things like oh we haven't got this or or Rick you're not doing this or you know those kind of things it it, it just turned it turned around I think it, it was very much like do you know what it's it was more of an abundant mindset like mm. we've got this we're doing this we're together you know there's single parents out there who don't have this there's people living you know in places that are not big enough uh, to, to have a family life there's people going through illnesses so it was very much a like do you know what we're, we're healthy we're happy we've got a family it was very much looking at the pros of things mm. uh, we we also like you know had each other's support so where mm. before I was saying to you Bob's why don't you go and exercise for a bit it wasn't like a dig at you to go and do exercise it was more <laughs> just a it was more just a go and get some time for yourself it really yeah. helps with the, with the mind and clearing the mind out and getting away from yeah from the kids so before whenever me. you told me to exercise I would be like he thinks I'm fat he needs You'd to up this wall. stop saying yeah. that oh that was probably the biggest the thing classic you know, wall hmm. go and say that again I was just saying the classic wall do you remember I used to um wind you up by saying oh Bob's look you're putting up your wall again because yeah. <laughs> because every time I used to say something with good intentions like you know, go and do this or try and do that. Or have you thought about this? It was very much like you perhaps thought I was coming from a place of attack. Like Mm. you're not doing this. Why don't you try and do this? Yes. You Um, know, and that was my stress response, right? Because I thought that you were digging at me and I was in my head. I was like, I'm already doing so much. How dare he say this about my parenting or me not exercising or whatever? So it would it would be my defensive wall that would come up, right? And so it, it was really funny because now we can laugh about, oh, we look, there's your wall now, coming yeah. up when we're arguing or whatever. You'll be like, oh, yeah. look, there's your wall. Or I can say the same thing. Oh, look, there's your wall. Or yeah. like, or I can say things like, am I going to get the silent treatment for two days now? Because that's your... your I was just going to touch on that. That's so funny because, <laughs> you know... Um, <laughs> though you used to put your wall up like like you just said um I I'm the one who gets into more of a strop so I'm the one who would hold the grudge for yeah. for two days three days yeah. you know and it, it wasn't nice on any anyone to be fair but I think that's one positive thing that I've taken from you coaching because mm. you're so positive you don't put up that wall anymore or as much and as much I'm not perfect ladies (laughs) no one's perfect no one's perfect there's always room for improvement um but same with me I think that positive influence and I thought to myself do you know what look at look at her she's she's being the more mature person she's taking on board my feedback so when it's the other way around and I get into a strop I should think to myself as well what's this achieving Hmm. me not talking to you for days is only going to upset probably even me more than you so I just thought to myself hang on a sec if one person can do all this and change you know, that's going to have a positive impact on the other person in the relationship, mm. even without that person trying, because I didn't consciously do anything to change mm. this. But because of your mindset, it's just really bounced. Those positive vibes and energies have really bounced up onto me. To, oh my to gosh, that is so mindset. interesting to hear, because I always talk about your relationship with someone is your thoughts about the other person, right? So basically, our relationship like improved yeah. because I was improving my thoughts about you. I didn't expect you to change. You didn't expect, you didn't change really at all. You didn't get coached or anything like that. But ironically, because I wasn't expecting you to change and I was accepting you for who you were, what was really interesting is the things that I used to find annoying about you weren't as annoying. And I was just accepting you for you. And then when I was at that place, I was able to see everything that you were doing. 
all the things that I wasn't even like being able to acknowledge before because I wasn't even able to see it. And so what you just said right now really hits the nail on the head that even though one person is getting coached, so ladies, even if you are just getting coached, this will improve your relationship with your husband because, or wife or partner, because you are, you are in a better mind frame, you are in a better mindset and you are accepting everything that's there. So even though you're not expecting the other person to change, ironically, they do end up changing because they see that you're being more of yourself and they most of the time end up changing too. Now, we don't expect them to change, of course not. But when they see you being more of yourself, naturally, they end up being more of themselves and drop their kind of defense walls and things like that as well, right? I think that's it, nail on the head. It's the thoughts. When you start to change your thoughts, that does have a powerful impact on the people around you. And again, like you've mentioned, I've never been coached. Uh, I don't have um, you know, much insight into it, only just mm. the, you know, the, 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 the things that you talk about. But mm. I think it's also just, it's, like I said, it's had such a positive influence on me, not just with us, but my relationship with other people then going forward, because I see the way you are with other people. And I just think to myself, where you'd stress about you know, saying no to people in the past, or where you'd stress about what would other people think, mm. um, you know, it's quite funny. I'm laughing because you do come across as quite a confident person, but behind closed doors, you've, n- you've not always been that confident. Mm. You've always had some anxiety. You've always had some nervousness and only, you know, people close to you would, would know mm. that. But I think with coaching now, you're so comfortable with yourself. You're so comfortable mm. with your own thoughts. It doesn't mm. scare you as much. And I think that's just such a big, you know, inspiring influence on people around you, especially me to think, wow, you know, she can mm. be alone by herself without worrying or without thinking oh I'm annoyed about this or I'm angry about this or this person's done that or he said this she said this it's more just like you know I, I, again that positive abundance mindset I've got mm. everything I need mm. I can't I, I'm not going to allow I'm not going to give that power to someone else to tell me how to feel boom yes oh my goodness I'm saying so- from your behalf but I'm also speaking from my behalf as well because like I said it's had a positive influence on me so yeah and I think that's really important for people to know because people may look at me and think oh Amriti's always been like confident and yeah. a crowd pleaser and things like that and that is just not true this is someone who never used to post on social media ever to going to become an entrepreneur who posts nearly daily that's a big deal <laughs> like I had to really develop the self-confidence in me and then be able to be confident from inside because before I was confident on the outside, but no one saw my internal anxiety. I used to wake up with anxiety every single day. I still do, but now I just, it's just not as much of a problem anymore because I'm used to it. I normalize it and it's just a part of me and I'm, and I'm okay with it. And actually I like talking about it because people don't realize that that is the case, but it is. And it doesn't mean that it has to cripple you. You can learn how to manage these parts of you as well that you may have shame over and things so I had a lot of shame over my anxiety thinking you have everything why aren't you being grateful and all of this but now I realize that it's just an imbalance of the hormones in my brain and it's there's nothing that's gone wrong really so okay that is so amazing thank you for talking about that now just moving on to how do we work to each other's strengths because this is something that we do really well and I kind of just wanted to touch on how do we do that 
yeah, really, really good point there. And I think you and I, we're, we're perceived as those, well, I suppose the opposite of those historically perceived male versus female roles and personalities, <laughs> right? We're completely the opposites. Um, we will say as a joke, I'm more the, the girl in the relationship and you're the bloke. Mm. Um, and what we mean by this is, um, you know, and this is cooking aside, because Rick doesn't do much of the cooking in the house. Let's be honest about that. And I'm saying it. But what we do, do is we we <laughs> challenge all the patriarchy, don't we? It is nothing we do. to do. Like, it is, I, I, in fact, my wall goes up just thinking about it. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> my kids will learn everything, not boy girl things. No, and no. I'm very, I'm very supportive of that as well. Yeah. And it, like I said, the, the so-called perceived male versus female, I'm very much... Um, uh, the reason why we say this is because I'm very quality driven. So I'm very like, everything needs to be tidy. Everything needs to be clean. There needs to be a certain way of presenting things, especially when people come, you know, the, the vacuuming, you know, just the general sort of organizing of things in life. You should see our calendars. Our calendars are good now, but one year ago, I don't think you had a calendar to be fair, <laughs> <Did> right? <laughs> Where I've always, I've had a calendar all my life. I've mm. been really focused on timings, 11 to 12, 11, 15 to 12, 15, even, you know, if, if need be. So it's just that, that, that quality mindset. And where I focus on one thing, I give it my all, whether it's even doing the dishes, I might spend longer doing it, but it'd be, you know, a star. Um, whereas yourself is more about quantity and just churning out tasks. So to be fair, that's also inspiring to me because you get shit done. Mm. You get things done a lot more faster and swifter than I mm. do. And How um, is that different from before? Because I never used to be like this. No, no. And I think especially with like around people, I think let's go back to the part where it was saying no to people before mm. you would say yes to literally everything. Mm. I think this also played a part because you didn't really have much of a calendar. So you'd put things in, you'd overbook, we'd try to get from one restaurant to go to another mate's house or something mm. like that. And then with kids on top of it, it just became near impossible. I think, you know, we're known to be that couple or, you know, that, that always get late to places as well, especially <laughs> you in your what family. What do you mean, especially well, you're me? As, yeah, you're known as the late one. Um, and, and the reason for that is because we overcommit or mm. we overcommitted. But I think that's been a big turning point since perhaps, mm -hmm. again, during that time when you started coaching, because you've become a lot more organised. Though you don't have that A-star quality mindset, and I think you talk a lot about B-minus work, mm. I think that's great. That's great because you still do a great job. However, it's not pinch perfect. And that's kind of what I'm trying to learn as well. Mm. But at no, the same time think... for you, mm. sorry, at the same time for you, I think by being more organized with your chain of events, I think that's really helped you to say no, be organized, do what you want to do on your timings as well, not just working on everyone else's timings. I think that's been a really big plus point. Mm. I love what you said about the B minus. So it's so funny because you um, are picking up on all of these things. I love it. I just love it. Um, but yeah, it's I... It's also ironic because you used to be, I think everyone knows, but you're like, you used to be an A-star student. I and, still am um... an A-star student, but I'm working <laughs> to uh, get to B minus. <laughs> But just think how you used to feel when mm. you used to get, a, I don't know if you ever got a B minus. No, I never ever, did, no. Oh, if you got an A and not an A star, just think of that, that thought mm. that you used to feel back in school mm. and you weren't okay with that. So I think that mindset is, it's not a bad thing because you mm. strive to all, you know, not perfection, but you strive to always get the best that you could possibly get. Mm. So I don't think it's all bad. 
But at the same time, I think it's just having a bit of compassion for yourself. I, I think, think that's where I lacked, right? Because I was always right. in the A-star, like, you know, being a medic, being a high achiever, it was very much like, if you don't get the best, then you keep trying until you get the best. Whereas that would hold me back so much because I wouldn't get so many things done. It's kind of like, you know, when you ask me to buy something, Bubs, right? It would be like, okay, no, I need to research the best thing. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then it would never get done. And you would be like two weeks later, did you buy it for me? And I'm like, oh no, I was still researching it. You were like, just buy the thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll buy it. And then it would just never get done because of that perfectionistic mindset of, no, I need to research it. I need to get it from the best place. I need to, you know, make sure it's the best price and all of this, right? And I think you were going to say something about how you've noticed a change in that as well, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that that brings us a little bit nicely onto perhaps money mindset, if if you don't mind me talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that example that you gave about buying things and doing the research, I think there was an element of perhaps with you just ensuring that you've got the best deal possible. Mm. Um, you wanted to ensure that, you know, you're not being ripped off. You're someone who doesn't like being ripped off, even if it's not money wise. Mm. I remember going on, was it, oh, honey, no, we went to, to Thailand a few years after our marriage and, uh, and we went to, uh, <laughs> you might not remember this, but we went to different hotels and uh, we were telling people like we we're here on our honeymoon and we used to always get bumped up and they used to give us cakes and, and all sorts of nice treats. And we went to Cambodia and we, when we got there in Phnom Penh, I think we stayed there for the night. We got there, we said it's our honeymoon and they offered us a couple of fruits or something. And yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because we had that expectation, not just you, I think both of us had that expectation. Oh, is this it? But for me, it was okay, fine, this is it, it's fine, you know, I, I don't really care too much. But for you, it's very much like, how can they not, you know, understand it's our honeymoon? Everywhere we've been, they've been so, you know, courteous and they've given us so many like nice treats and bumped us up hotel rooms. And we come here and they've just given us this. And it was like, even though you perhaps didn't want to complain to them, you still vented out to me because you felt like you're being, you know, you're not. It was the scarcity, your, right? The scarcity mindset. Worth. And it's so interesting because when you have scarcity mindset in one area, it often shows up in other areas, right? So for me, I definitely had money scarcity where it was like showing up as I need to get the best deal. I don't want to spend my money on things that aren't worth it. Even when you start making money, it's kind of like, oh, it's going to run out. So I need to hoard my money. I can't spend it. I can't spend it on on things that I, that I just want to buy. And yeah. a lot of people, a lot of our minds will kind of say, well, no, this is me being sensible. But it's not about that. What I also used to do is go and spend it on all the clothes under the sun, but like cheap, cheap ones, as opposed to ones that I'm going to, that are going to last that me. And quantity stuff. Of a quality mindset yeah, exactly. Again, really. And and so I would then, it was that, that scarcity, right? I need to like gather all the clothes. I need to like hoard it all. I need to keep it all with me because it's then going to go away. Right. And that often ha- shows up with food as well. Right. If you have food scarcity, um, and if you haven't listened to this podcast, go and listen to the Food Scarcity podcast. I can't remember which one it is, but it's on the, the list of the podcasts. When you have food scarcity, it's very much like, oh, I'm not going to get it tomorrow, so I better eat it now. Or I'm going to be hungry later, so let me eat it now. Oh, I've come to this place. I don't normally come. Let me just have the dessert and the, the, you know, the starters and everything. I don't normally get to go on date night. Oh, let me just eat it all. And so I've really had to work on that scarcity. And that's been something that you've noticed a lot that has changed, right? Also, time scarcity, right? Before it was like, I don't have enough time. I've got so much to do. Um, there's never enough time to do everything. Now, when you just take that step back and go into abundance and just be like, 
well, actually, I've got enough time to do everything that I want to do. I've got enough money to do everything that I want to do. And actually, there's so much food around. I'm never going to go without. When you adopt that in one area, it, it ends up spilling over to the other areas, right? Completely, completely spot on. Yeah, I think it, it, it helps all areas of life. And I think that's, that, that, that's also helped with how we plan for things as well. Mm. Um, for example, you know, if we have got a date night or if we're meeting friends, or if we've got a social we try and plan for that. Mm. So, you know, it's okay to have a dessert or it's mm. okay to, you know, go a little bit all out. But as long as we, you know, we, we're conscious about that, we know what mm. we're doing. We've, even if we haven't thought about it beforehand, just being okay with that. Again, I think you mentioned the word compassion before. Mm. Just, just being compassionate on yourself. Um, you know, we're both quite into our health and our fitness. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've always beaten ourselves up over the years to think, mm. oh, we've done so well, we've done taken so many strides forward and then something happens and then we take even more many as many strides back and that really that really hurts and I think that's really that's been really difficult for both of us to 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 comprehend in the past but I think now because we're so you know we're okay with that we're okay mm. with doing things um and life and happens just, right yeah life, life has to continue mm. I think with COVID I think we struggled a bit more because obviously everything stopped and we got into a really good routine at home mm. especially with the kids and doing the Joe Wicks's in the morning mm. and uh, you know all the rest of it like every, the whole world was doing I think that was really good but then we really struggled to go back out because we thought oh god it's gonna it's gonna all fall over now you mm. know we're gonna go to socials we're not gonna do as much exercise we're gonna have late nights but we didn't. I think that's that's another yeah. turning point for us. We thought to ourselves, no, we can do both. It's just about. And we learned how to say no to other things. Yeah, big one. So big that one. we could say yes to ourselves and our family, right? Which brings us on to my next point. So, one of the things that I think really works for us is that now we look in advance at our week and we sit down and have like a meal together and we look at our calendars and we kind of think, okay this is going to be happening. How can we plan for this? How can we know that you're going to be doing this pickup? I'll be doing this pickup. We've got to pack this present. We've got to have this ready, you know, just so we are both on the same page. I think that's been a major turning point in our kind of planning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, Bubs, because I'm thinking your listeners are probably thinking, God, God, do they actually do that? They're a couple (laughs) and they like sit down and they talk about their their calendar for the week. It sounds a bit it sounds a bit formal, right? Um, it's not formal, though, isn't it? We're literally having a lovely meal together. It's really not. And we're it's just really chatting. Not. Yeah, we're just, I think that's a better way of putting it. We're just catching up. We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just talking about, yeah. you know, just to, to see what, what's what's coming ahead for the week. And, mm. and it really, really helps. Uh, we're just on the, again, we're just aligning our thought process to ensure that there's no misunderstandings. We both know what we're doing. And, you know, we both lead quite busy lives mm. professionally so it's it's always hard to catch up sometimes mm. uh, especially in the working hours and then obviously in the evenings just the usual kid stuff so having that time out on a Saturday or a Sunday just for an hour over lunch literally we put our kids in the front room as well and we put the tv on if we need mm-hmm. to we, we do that and just just because it's important just to have that connection without the kids mm. um, really really helps to just have that adult conversation as well yeah. and and uh, like like I said just having our thoughts aligned I found that's really p- positive and really beneficial I think that was a big thing for me wasn't it because we had two kids under two and initially it was very much like no screen time and I was a very militant mum and I had to really let go of a lot of those rules that I'd Im- I imposed on myself 
because I had these rules of if I do this, this and this, then I am a good mum. And if I don't do this, this and this, then I'm not a good mum. And so because I had that black and white thinking, that kind of all or nothing thinking, it, I found it very hard to allow myself to do anything different. So during coaching, I was able to identify some of those things and question some of those beliefs. And so that's why putting the TV on for an hour, sometimes two, sometimes three for the kids, I don't think of it as a bad thing anymore. It's kind of like, yeah, they don't watch it all the time, but when they do, at least Rick and I can have a conversation and that's okay, right? And it's actually really fun because everyone's happy. Yeah, exactly, Bubs. There's a time and a place for everything. I think uh, the other point I wanted to touch on is that we make time. it It sounds a bit funny when I say we make time but we we have that time for, mm. for certain you know things in life we have time with our kids you know every night we, we read with them for, for a good amount of time we pray together we eat together these are really important things for us as a family so yeah. I, I agree with you that having that screen time or having a tree away from their healthy foods is, is not the end of the world like that's just our process I'm not I, I don't expect everyone to agree with that mm. but that works for us yeah that works for us And I think that we do make time for time as as a family together, time for Rick and I together, and then time for us to do our own things as well. And that's not just for us as adults, but also for the kids. We are very pro. They can figure it out by themselves. They can get a little bit bored. We don't always need to entertain them because we've noticed, haven't we, that actually when we allow them to be bored, that's when their creativity comes out. That's when the they they come out with. It's, it's amazing. They from the box, they'll create a car and then play with that for two hours. And that never used to be the case. We had to go through that discomfort of mommy, I'm bored. Mommy, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored for like so long. Yeah. And then allow them to go through that discomfort themselves. And then the creativity came out the other side. Right. Totally. Totally. And I, I think that's enabled us to be a bit more patient as well, because mm-hmm. before we, we would just snap. Right. We yeah. would just think like, oh, oh God, we just don't have a break. We have a, you know, give us a break, like, or, you know, play with your brother, go and do this, or come on, do some, let's do some writing, let's do some reading. It was, it was always, but it would be in a, in a place of like, w- with a negative tone, as mm. opposed to with a positive. Um, yeah. And now it's like, well, look, we've given them that creative time. Now that it's time to read with them or work with them or do something with them. I think we come across a bit more positive as well. Definitely. Because we've had that time to ourselves with each other and with the family. I think that that has enabled us to really be better parents, right? And better partners to each other and better to ourselves because we've had that time for each of those things and we allocate that, right? So what I also wanted to touch on is what do we do when we're going out now? Like before it always used to revolve around food. Now, what kind of things do we do? Yeah, we plan for for non-food related activities sometimes. Mm. So, you know, if we've got a date night, we were meant to go. Do you remember, Bob, we were meant to go axe throwing? but Yeah, we still need to do that. Yeah, axe throwing is this cool one that my brother told me about. So we're going to try that next time. But, um, you know, when we go out, it doesn't always have to be a meal. I know that's I think in in 80 percent of social gatherings is always a restaurant or a bar involved where people like to socialize because let's be honest that is the best way to socialize because you can sit down you can enjoy food um, you can enjoy company but you can also do that going you know for for, for long strolls which is what we do Mm. I think that that helps going for family walks going for walks alone again I'm laughing because we set time out on a Thursday afternoon (laughs) one hour (laughs) to go out for a walk but that really works for us I'm not saying you know that you shouldn't be spontaneous you should but if you can plan that as well then at least you know you've you've, you've got that yeah, sometimes in at the minimum spontaneity i think is a little bit overrated 
you can plan time for spontaneity. But yeah. when you are like, I never used to be like this. I used to be like, let's just go on the whim. But actually what I realized is yeah. that planning enabled us to be much more free. We had so much more freedom from, from doing the things that we actually want to do when we plan them. And so I actually completely love planning now and I'm dyslexic. So I find it really hard to stick to routines and things like that. I'm naturally quite messy. I'm quite creative. And I think one of the turning points in our relationship was when I was able to own up to the things that I struggle with and not when you used to say things about me, like, oh, it's such a mess or whatever. I didn't make it mean anything bad about me, but I was able to own that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I am a bit messy. I, yeah, I do kind of leave things around a little bit. And when I was able to own that, then when Rick said it to me, I wasn't taking it as, as like a dig at me. It, it just helped that defensive wall come down. And so I think that even when you were able to do that, Rick, it really helped our relationship, right? Because we were able to be like, let's just own our mistakes and own the things that we, we don't do as well. And then it just helps ease and diffuse the situation so much quicker. It really, really does. Yeah. And I think the reason why we're, we're critical with the ones we love is because we love them. I think sometimes mm. we, we say things from a place of love, but they can come across as yeah. rude, bullyish, looking down upon. But, uh, uh, you know, I think and, and the reason why the other person takes it on to heart is because they love them back or, or alternatively, they think they've got a point. So yeah, the, the only reason you get defensive is because you see some truth in what the other person is saying. Even if you're horrified by what they say, the only reason you're going to get defensive about it is because there's some truth. You think there's some truth in what they're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're coming to the end of our conversation nearly, but I just wanted to like touch on very briefly, what was it like when I was in America and what's it like now? (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, when you were in America, I think, um, okay, so let's break that, that, that time away into two parts. So one was the first half of the week where it was all planned and we planned everything to the T, the, the sleepovers on the weekends, the in-laws, the food arrangements, going mm-hmm. to my mom's place, me doing the school runs, homeworks, et cetera, et cetera. Everything was planned to the T, even at work. I, I, I blocked out my diary for, for, for children's stuff and then I worked around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the la- latter half of the week, the second part of America where you were away unexpectedly because of COVID, again, we mirrored the first week, so it was okay, but mm-hmm. it was difficult. It mm-hmm. was really difficult. Uh, you know, I-, I-, I said it to my boss the other day, hats off to all the single parents out there because mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Parenting with two people is hard, but mm-hmm. on your own, it's even a lot more tougher. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I learned a lot and mm-hmm. um, I'm glad we did it, to be fair, to some yeah. degree. I'm glad we did that. and. Uh, we this both had to go through anyway, so, uh, yeah. we both had to go through that discomfort, right? And we've both come out stronger. And I think it's really improved our parenting because since I've been back, I think we've completely been on a whole new level, which has been really amazing. Okay, any last words for my listeners that you think would be useful for them? Just, just open-minded, being open-minded and not being, you know, having that compassion for yourself as well. I think a lot of people beat themselves up. I'm talking from my own experience here. I, I, I've also suffered with anxiety as well. And I always think I'm not good enough. So having a bit of compassion for yourself, having a bit of compassion for your partners and people around you, is, but it all starts with yourself. So start feeling it yourself and then you can give it to the people around you. Yeah, that is like the best thing that you could ever say to anyone right because when we do start improving that relationship with ourselves which is what we do in coaching 
this is why your relationships with everyone around you improve because you're not expecting the other person to make you feel better right right yeah so yeah that is amazing I have really enjoyed our conversation today thank you so much for coming on and I know that you were like what am I going to say on the podcast but it's I think it's going to be a really useful conversation for all of my listeners and I really appreciate you coming on you're very welcome and I love you and I'm pleased at what you're doing and continue inspiring people and I'm going to go put the heating on (laughs) I love you too and okay I'll let you put the heating on today (laughs) okay babe bye adios For more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.